Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Brams, here with you at the Vintage Whiskey and Cigar Bar in South End, Charlotte. One of my favorite parts of, of town, Danny Brams. And you're back in town. Well, what are you drinking today? I'm back, and uh, I'm drinking a, uh, a cocktail. A, uh, a tropical cocktail, a Caribbean cocktail. Uh, got a little whiskey in it. Uh, we wanted to change it up. The, uh, just back, I legitimately just got back an hour ago. Landed, wheels down from Orlando. Long day of uh, travel delays. There's a flight attendant shortage out there, if you haven't heard. And uh, uh, it took me much longer to get back than I thought I would. But we're here on a Sunday evening recording literally as soon as I got back from the match. Are you um, still wearing the jersey that you had on last no, night? No, this is a, this is a new jersey. Yeah, yeah, I did change. Yeah, yeah. I got I got a chance to shower and get out here. But uh, we normally go to beer bars. Uh, it's kind of our gig. But I wanted just, you know, with the loss and just with the yeah. trip and some of the stuff you're going to hear about, I felt like maybe a cocktail and a whiskey uh, might suit the mood a little more or let, you let us to uh, change it up and uh, give us a new spot to hit. This is your old neighborhood. You used to live around here, but this... This place wasn't here when you lived here. No, it wasn't. It used to be a, a gym. It's right next to the Dunkin' Donuts on South Boulevard. Come check it out. The the vibe is really good on a on a Sunday afternoon. You can get a cigar. We're, we're, we're not smoking, although I thought you would. I've, I've rarely am I a cigar guy, but I do love whiskey. I, uh, I think a post-show cigar might be in our future. Maybe a second segment cigar. I won't rule it out. Yeah, I mean, Ooh. win in Rome. We're win at the vintage. Ooh. Danny Brams is, is rocking this... Uh, Sweet Fu Manchu as well. You can see that at <laughs> For the Crown Baby on Twitter. And you can see also, I took a photo of this sweet glass that Brams's uh, tropical drink is in. It's like a uh, Tiki Man. Yeah, the drink, I think it's called like the, t- yeah, like a, the Tiki Tiki Tata or something like that. It's something like, like I told myself I was going to come here and drink, you know, a, a whiskey meat, but then. I'm pretty hungover from a wild weekend still, and uh, I, I felt like I needed something just soft and easy, so I, I went with the uh, pina colada versionized uh, cocktail. It, it almost looks like you're ready for a second one, so maybe we'll... Uh, <laughs> we might get there. Uh, we'll do that in between segments here on the show. I've got a, a Tullamore Dew on the rocks. It's a nice Irish whiskey. Keep the theme from last episode going. A real whiskey um, on so, the show. Yeah, you're representing for the real whiskey drinkers out there. And I had a, I, you'll hear about this a little bit more later, but had a great time hanging with uh, a new friend who's an Irishman, a guy who oh. came over here from Dublin uh, for the match, uh, doing some business here in New York and wanted to visit some uh, of his online buddies. And we met in person for the first time and had a great time. So leave Ireland for sure. It's launching. It's, it's a beautiful night in the QC. And hear those birds chirping. After three, after three road games. Uh, Charlotte FC, let's celebrate the Queen City. Let's celebrate this squad coming back uh, to play its next three games at home. One point from those three games on the road, is that enough? It won't be enough in the next three matches. So let's just set uh, things there. Yeah, Uh, I think it's fair to say disappointing to only get one point from the trip. Right off the top, we got to throw that out. Totally. And what I'm saying is that if there's one point over the next three games at home, then, yeah. then we'll have major issues. But we're not there yet. We're in the midst of a six-game stretch that will um, it, it will prove a lot as far as this team's quest to make the playoffs. They've been, they've been outspoken about it. I've heard them, them talk about that. But before we get into the squad's two-to-one to loss on the road at Orlando on Saturday night, um, we've got to talk about the big news, which is two incoming players. Yeah. We're, squ- we're adding to the squad. We, uh, people have sort of called out, put some pressure on the front office, you might say. Uh, I don't know if these questions were fed to him or not through local media sources. I, it, what, what I mean to say is, I don't know, Miguel was asked about this at the weekly press conference. You know, will you be bringing guys in before the May 4th MLS transfer window closes? And what I mean, like, did he was that a planted question because he wanted to answer it? Who knows, you know, but uh, I'll you can let your conspiracy brain go there. But he did address it and he said some things that you would have to interpret as putting pressure on the front office. And now they've gone out, uh, nothing official announced, but it seems the agreement in principle is to bring in an attacking player from Colorado, Andre Shinyasiki, uh, former MLS rookie of the year, who 
Yeah, you asked me when we were talking about it in the pre-show. You said, "How did he lose his way?" <laughs> you know, he, he's already lost his way. You know, after uh, rookie of the year, I think three years ago, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. So that happens. That yeah. happens. Sometimes rookie of the years don't pan out. They have um, a great first year and then amount to nothing. And he's from that area. He said he was a sensation at the University of Denver, and he was drafted into MLS. Yep. And, and yeah, in his first year, he's like a Ben Beard. He's like a Ben Bender. He, he really is like Colorado's Ben Bender. That's such a great way to put it. If Except three years you know, down the line and ha- being a big disappointment. He's the guy we don't want our Ben Bender to turn into, obviously. But right. we have to welcome him to this club now with open arms. I see him as uh, squad depth at this point. I don't think he's like a plug-and-play starting lineup guy. But he could fight his way into Even the Even after Saturday night? Well, <laughs> the second half subs were pretty nice. I, that second half lineup... Is it now might be the lineup we're most confident in well, going to We're going to get, into, get yeah. into that. Yeah. So we have one other incoming as well. Right, the mystery man, uh, the club. And you. I want to hear your reaction to this because you kind of, I don't know how far you want to go on Mike, but uh, in a off-the-record conversation, I'll just hint that uh, you thought maybe being all teasy-teasy with uh, the uh, eye <laughs> emoji and a guy wearing a scarf uh, the day after kind of a little a shitty loss, not the best move for the club, but hey, you know. I'll put it on the on the record. I said, uh, the club can kiss my ass, <laughs> teasing that bullshit the day after a performance like that. And just like that, the explicit label goes on the episode. But yeah, sorry parents out there, but yeah, you weren't wrong. Announcer, fuck off. <laughs> So that was how we thought about that. So we'll find out who Let the second announce. player is. There's rumors. The rumor is that uh, people recognize the tower in the background from that TZ photo and uh, that they're in uh, Porto in Portugal bringing in a guy, potentially uh, a left back that we might need. So we can wait to really get into specifics until things are announced because we want this podcast to be able to, you know, entertain you for the next few days and not give you a bunch of dated info obviously right but the key well, the, the the takeaway is we're making moves we're not resting there was a thought that at one point that we were done until the summer but because of just the way things have broken we're not getting as many points as we feel we should we bring in the depth and I think it's the smart thing to do before this first window closes and it will close by the time we record our next episode so um, you'll know who this player is we'll know who this player is and we'll, we'll debate about whether um, he could take Charlotte FC to the next level. So that's the update uh, off the field, but on the field. Um, we've hinted at it a few times, and now it's time to address it head on. And that is a first-half performance that Christian Fuchs himself said was absolutely terrible. Well, it was a match of, of two very different halves. Uh, first half, i got to say sorry to the fans. I mean... What we showed in the first half was absolutely not worth uh, Shard FC. Uh, was lazy. Um, it was no intensity, no desire to, to fight for the ball. I mean, it's one thing to play nice football, but the basis always has to be that you fight for the ball and that you give everything. And it was definitely not the case first half. Second half, you see what a what a good halftime talk can do. Uh, completely out of uh, completely out of half. Um, I don't think uh, Orlando FC had any chance second half. We dominated the game, came back. Based on the second half, we, we deserve at least a point, but based on the first half, uh, uh, the result is okay. You heard him himself, Danny B. Christian Fuchs, the first half was absolutely atrocious. That's my captain. You know, that's exactly what I would expect the captain to say. He was honest. I don't think he was whining. I don't think he was, uh, you know, moaning. I think he was just giving an honest assessment of the unacceptability of the performance. The first half was just not up to our standards. It was the worst half that Charlotte FC has ever played in its history, you know, <laughs> uh, if you want to put it that way. Uh, there, guys were pointing fingers at each other, yelling, screaming, flapping arms. Uh, it wasn't just one person. It was everybody. It was yeah. Kalina to his back line. It was TT uh, to his fellow midfielders. It was everybody. Uh, I, I saw Swiderski. I saw Swiderski just whining and crying and went like mm-hmm. throwing his arms in the air for the entire ninety minutes. Not just the first half. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we've we've already commented on that. That this tends to happen, and it this one again. we have to either take it or leave it. You know, he did almost score a wonder goal. You know, I mean, Carroll almost scored an absolute galazzo like that. I had this beautiful view of the curl that uh, had a chance, but unfortunately went just wide. That was early. 
you know, there was some other stuff early. We, the biggest problem I think that I'm seeing in, in my takeaways, you know, as I uh, lived in airport hell, reading, uh, reading all the, <laughs> the commentary this morning, was that people are just getting a little sick and tired of the slowdown game. And this, you know, they want, it the, they want to see more quick passes, which is something you and I have said from the very beginning. We got teased with that early. There was a, a very early uh, give and go and I saw it develop, and I, I, I loved it because I saw a pass coming to Carroll. This happened right in front of me. Like, I was lucky enough to have these great passes. I was in Section 33, which is like a club-level section at Exploria. I was nine rows up, uh, right near midfield line, just being great able to see everything. Yeah, across the pitch from the benches. Oh, I sweet. Could see, I could see Mint City. Haven't Furia had that uh, up vantage point yet across. We've always been behind the bench. Right, yeah, so this was great. And Exploria was great. Uh, uh, in terms of just a really cool design, uh, uh, really wows you when you walk to the stadium because you see this big giant score uh, jumbotron with the big like the lion logo, which is cool. Uh, there's plenty of cons to get into in a minute, but I'll get back to just a little bit of the game analysis in terms of that play had the perfect view of it, you know. And uh, Rios, as this pass is coming to Carroll, Rios kind of streaked down the line, and I was like, yes, yes, and I kind of stood up, and I. I just sensed like a great chance coming, and we created a chance off it. I think we, but even still, then we, you know, we kind of slowed it down, and then we never got anything moving the ball that quick again in that first half. You know, eventually things started moving quicker in the second half, but it's just you know a really bad, bad performance. What do you think is T T's inconsistency is is a big issue because we've gone hot and cold on this guy throughout the season as his performances have gone up and down. Where are you, Adam, on him right now? I didn't think he was terrible yesterday. I thought that he was just like a reflection of the squad as a whole. And what his role was in that match to create and be a bulldog, I felt like it was like right there close on the edge. Like I don't, I don't feel like he was way off the pace. Like I, I do think that he was just like trying to make things happen and one of the more aggressive players on the pitch. For, I, I've got more of a problem with Alan Franco. I thought Franco on the ball was poor. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, whoa. yeah. No, but so was Ortiz. Like, no. It's, I, it's, the it's, touches, the first, all our midfielders' first touch had deserted them last night. I, I felt in that first half. It was horrible. That's it's not we, about the first touch for, with Franco for me. It's about um, just how slow he is when it's time to make a decision. He's not forward-thinking enough for me, and I think that Franco could actually play Bronny Bro's role in that formation better than Bronny Bro. Because I have I no interest. There. I have no interest. Uh, you're saying, in, yeah, that doesn't mean that I'm, I'm... I don't think that's a criticism. I think that's a... Uh, okay, uh, yes. Yeah, I, I sure. just like, I'd like to see it. That Franco has proved... I think there would be a time in the season when we, when we might see that. Yeah, so that's... Really, try, what I'm trying to say is, is that I don't need Alan Franco making anything happen in the final third because he's incapable of that, and that's okay. TT is Wait. capable of that. What has Franco done on the year as far as goals and or assists compared to TT? He assisted TT's header goal at DC that was called off for offside. Okay, that one did With count. a beautiful cross. <laughs> he assisted Swiderski's first goal against New England at home. Yeah, yeah he did. Uh, with a, you know, with a nice the one time that yeah. he actually did move the ball on quickly. Totally. You know, in in the offensive third, right. and he drew the penalty last night by getting up by outrunning everyone and getting yeah. ahead of a breakaway. And and, you know, which was which was a soft PK. That, that, of course, it was soft, but it was a PK. It, yeah, it I was. mean, it wasn't yeah. a bad. It wasn't. Well, a no, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. his his strength is but the intangible to be aggressive and run hard he's for the 90 blue minutes. Hornet. That's so, why I call him the blue so Hornet please because sit. he's buzzing around, right. creating action all the so time. So be on the back side of the diamond. It, be in the bottom of the diamond. Then we could see it. You know, I mean, Bronny Bro is doing so good uh, in that role that I'm not really ready to looking for a replacement for Me him either. necessarily. But I do think that between Franco, Jones, and Bronny Bro, mm -hmm. you have the you have three players with the same skill set. Imagine if there was someone in the starting formation in that midfield role that was a creator. Franco's not that. Like that's why when we talk about the lack, remember we're talking about the first half. Mm -hmm. In the first half. The problem is, is there's literally nobody in the midfield that can create anything. TT is a goal scorer. He's at the top of the diamond. He's not doing anything except for poaching and looking to score goals. And, and that's giving what he the ball does. back to the defense last night specifically. A lot. 
he is definitely prone to giveaways. And that's why we said, you know why we called him a super sub? Because when he comes on, he does nothing except for give you a threat in the box to mm-hmm. score. So you have to be aware that goals, if someone scores goals for you, yeah, their limitations are different than someone that doesn't score goals. Franco's not going to score shit. He, he's, I he, mean, he has an assist and a half. I'm giving him a half for DC. Yeah. He also he had a, always have a half. He also had a sitter book. that he missed last week. Well, smashed it over the bar. <laughs> well, uh, you're not wrong there. You're not wrong there at all. Uh, I, I have no uh, argument against that that uh, piece of information. But I always love Franco. I know Miguel loves Franco. I think he plays slow by design because he's very committed to the system. Yeah. Uh, that MAR is trying to put in, and that could be a problem. You know, there's a conversation to be had down the line after. Uh, it's not right now, but the system at some point needs to be evaluated for its effectiveness. You know, oh, people are know. begging for the formation to yeah. change, yeah. I, and, that, and that's are. the question that we've so so we've gotten into our first debate on the show today. TT and Alan Franco, their performance in the midfield. Mm-hmm. I think we can agree that it just wasn't good enough. Um, and I think that there, there needs to be an improvement at home. It becomes decision time very quickly because Yusviak is paid too much to just be a sub. So, I mean, I think he was made his MLS debut last night in a sub role uh, after, you know, starring in the Open Cup and creating a game-winning assist. Uh, he was dynamic last night. I loved a lot of what I was seeing from him. The second half was way better from Charlotte FC in general. Yeah, and he I, helped. I think MAR subs really in the second half showed a lot of his class as a manager uh, despite you know oh bad overall performance from the team but eventually what I saying earlier as a, as a DP Yuzviak has to start we just can't have that much money on the bench as like a sub role so uh, that does force a potential formation change I 100% agree and um, and I'm glad that we could potentially see him see his see him make his first full debut yeah, right? that's what it's all about—the full debut yeah. in, in the starting eleven Saturday against Miami. You can follow him, Danny Brams. He made the trip down to Orlando for you, the fans, and for some other reasons as well that we'll tell you on the back end of the pod. Uh, a good weekend as well, um, off the pitch for for Danny Brams in, in Orlando. And remember, follow him at Danny Brams on Twitter. Follow me at John Hayes on air. Follow the show at For the Crown Baby. Leave a review. We, we really appreciate you leaving reviews. Leave us a five-star on Apple Podcast and share the show with a friend, um, especially over the next four weeks. And the reason why is because we've got these three home matches. So in the next four weeks, Charlotte is here. In the next four weeks, soccer is here in Charlotte. And that's, that's something to be celebrated. And you can celebrate it here on the show. The boys are back in town. The boys are back in town. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> absolutely right. And Finally. And we'll be back after this because uh, my ice is melted. I don't have any whiskey in my glass, and I want some more. And I think Bram's might. Uh, I'm nursing it, man. He is nursing. I'm nursing it. This is hair of the dog at this point, I promise. And uh, it's going down smooth, at least. Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Brams in the house. Um, I've got a, another Tully. Cheers, on a, Cheers on, a, to you. on a beautiful Sunday evening. And it's the second half of the show. So let's start after the 45th minute. Yeah. This was still in the first half, but yeah. in the second 45. Yeah, exactly. It was. If it's, it's in stoppage time, does that count as second half spiritually? Who knows? But uh, it was pretty embarrassing. One of the most embarrassing defensive lapses that we've had so far as a club. And it was uh, even more so because it happened in stoppage time in the first half, and it was even more so because it came off of our corner kick, which was actually a well-won kick, one of our good, better attacking moments right at the end of the first half. And I'm sitting there thinking, okay, we got a set piece. Let's make the most of it here. And then all of a sudden, not 15 seconds later, the ball is over the top, and Benji Michelle's running it down. Uh, one v one with the keeper, and uh, you know it was the second time they'd actually had a, a, a near one v one breakaway. McCoon did really well the first one to uh, track back and stop Kara, uh, the the new signing for Orlando, from getting a good shot off. But 
uh, the second time we got burned, and it became it, it was one v one, and then became a two on one. And he all he had to do was slide it over to Torres, and Torres bagged it. And we were down two nil uh, going into halftime. That's what led to some of that horrible body language that I we mentioned earlier. Of guys pointing at each other as they walked off the pitch, uh, and it was bad. I you know I didn't get to see any TV replays, so I don't know if anyone specifically got burned or what, what did it look like on the screen. Well, I'll tell my story because. Um how it was for me is that I went to the Mint City Collective South End watch party. Oh hell yeah. At Lenny Boy. Beautiful. Love that place. Yeah. So I went I went there, I got a nice Italian sandwich. Did you have the kombucha? I had a kombucha, I did. There you go. I did. That's I had, where you go to Lenny Boy. I had the peachy keen. Beautiful. Peachy keen. It was it was tasty, it was good, and I followed that up with the Czech please, a Czech Pilsner. Um, so it was, it was a great night, and then also did a couple pretzels there. Everything pretzel uh, with beer cheese, and then a classic pretzel, pretzel beer cheese. Lenny Boy is quickly becoming my favorite brewery in Charlotte. Wow, that's a strong statement. Yeah, it's it's there. I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, we even we even went outside at, on the patio at halftime, and um, the patio was nice. It, it was great. It was a nice little corner table, and the reason why. I'm going on that diatribe is because 40 minutes in to the match, I looked at Geslin and I said, if I get up now, I get 20 minutes and I don't have to watch him for the next five minutes. <laughs> yeah. So I got up, I used the restroom, I ordered a beer and I went outside to the patio. And then I came back in 15, 20 minutes later for the start of the second half and it was 2-0 and we looked at each other and we went what happened? Yeah. Well, and, and and just and to make this code full circle the team fell asleep as much as I did in that moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, they were playing such horrible ugly soccer for 40 minutes like almost can't blame you for just saying I got to walk away from this yes. and get to take a moment. What you didn't know, what you couldn't know is that it was about to get even worse, you know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you, and who could fathom? Because as the Christian Fuchs said, that was the word. He apologized to the fans. You know, we've met, we've already gone there. He uh, said it was absolutely not up to our standard, and so maybe we all should have walked out. I actually pondered it. I probably would have walked out because we do tend to, you know, even when we're at home games, sometimes you know, in the forty second minute or so, yeah, we'll go down a little early, get a beer. Because the game's on the screens, obviously. We don't, we're not really missing a ton of action True, at totally. the stadium. Uh, I kind of was trying to hold my ground a little bit because I was in this sea of Orlando fans, uh, you know, <laughs> some some more tolerable than others. But uh, it w- was in, completely intolerable was a corner kick turning into a breakaway for them. You just That's one of the worst things that I could ever imagine in soccer. It should never happen. It should never, including in stoppage time, makes it even worse. It reminds me of playing FIFA. Like, that's like a FIFA goal. Like, if you ever play, like, online FIFA, it's absolutely, like, the most tilting thing when a goal gets scored against you in stoppage time. You know, you're like, blow the damn whistle, computer. And that's what I was thinking of this ref, blow the whistle. Except it, you can't blow the whistle because he can't blow the whistle because we are attacking. We should be happy to be having this late corner kick at the end of the first half. And instead, it doubles the margin of our deficit. That's just an absolute nightmare. And then it makes our second half fight back so cheap because... We really did play so damn hard in the second half as we move into that that uh, we deserved something. A 1-1, we could, that should have been a 1-1 match. You know, I think 1-1 obviously would have been fair to everybody, but unfortunately we were down two <laughs> because of an absolute moment of stupidity. So the TT Ortiz substitution in the second half after the break, right? This We're talking about the second 45. That goal, I, I don't have anything to add. Brams put it perfectly. Uh, so let's get into the rest of the game flow. And TT comes off, and I, I thought you would appreciate this, is that as I sit back down in my seat, and it's probably like 45-12, like I missed the first 12 seconds of the second half, and I look up at the screen and I go, oh, there's a change. Bender's in. Is Franco out? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and then I was like convinced yeah, he was, well, and I was like, yeah. oh, and then I was like, wait a minute, there he on. is. You're really pushing buttons, man. I mean, you're <laughs> pushing my Alan Franco buttons, but uh, you keep pushing them. I, I, you can't be uh, going. You I'm just being. You honest. can't deny what you honestly said yeah, and felt. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Yeah. So. yeah. so that that's what happened there, and then 
Uh, but it was actually T.T. Ortiz that came out. Ben Bender comes in, yeah, I don't and know if, that's the first change. I don't know if T.T. was sacrificed because he was part of the bad mojo. You know, that's kind of the vibe that I was getting, but I can tell you this. What was kind of very cool is that I knew Bender was coming in immediately because he did not go into the locker room at halftime. Being, uh, being there and having, you know, that close-up view, I could see everybody, the whole team, like, you know, bitched and moaned their way into the tunnel, and Ben just in his little penny got out there and started working with the assistant coach started like kicking balls around in the box started firing balls on goal and dribbling around and like putting on you know a little drill display one man and I was like all right Bender's coming I was like Bender's obviously coming in halftime so uh TT I would have been shocked if it was Franco I guess that that subbed out but I, I who knows TT just wasn't effective to me he kept losing the ball back to the defense in in his transitions that was to me, he was the most guilty of that than anybody, from what I saw. But I, you know, I didn't. I was, maybe that's just because he was the one that was closest to me when it was happening. In, they were working down my side a lot in the first half, very ineffectively. But but they were coming down the left side a lot. Well, it's 45 minutes for TT Ortiz. Uh, he's has 30 touches on the ball, no crosses, and one shot off target. And he is less than 50% on ground duels. He doesn't win an aerial duel. He lost possession seven times. So, yeah, I think it's a fair sub. Um, and then Bender came on, and he didn't offer much. He didn't have a shot no, on goal. immediate either. impact. Immediate impact. Completely changed I'm talking everything. about from a shot point of view. I'm every, he, no, that that was a brilliant sub. He yeah. We immediately looked 100% different yeah, in possession. Yeah, it was, possession. Easy, it was yes. an easy sub is yeah. what I'm saying. So if we can get into MAR just briefly, it's just like – that was like a no shit sub, so mm-hmm. no credit, no credit well, from anybody. Uh, okay, <laughs> okay. Keep why going. would you? Why would you give credit to a change at halftime when you look so shitty and you have like a playmaking center midfielder well, because, on the pitch? It's the easiest sub ever to call. Yeah, because, you know what would have been a better decision? A different formation and or starting lineup. So why does he get credit for the second half sub? He just saw. He just wasted forty five minutes of the club the team's time, the club's time. Seriously though, like. If, if you're going to give the manager, like, it's not like Charlotte FC won, right? If they come back and they get a point, it's a different story. But that didn't happen. It's not that I want to, I'm trying to be hypercritical of MAR, but I'm just, I don't think he deserves, like, a praise for making a, an obvious second half what, substitution. What did I text you from the, inside the stadium right when halftime started? I said the next. You said it was the biggest moment of his tenure. The, the next 10 <laughs> minutes are the most important 10 minutes of MAR's tenure so far. Because that halftime speech needed to be fire and brimstone and change everything. But you think... I, I don't know if he did it. I, I think Fuchs may have You think Fuchs may have been the guy? Yeah. In his post-game comments that I really like he, loved so he much, did he did kind of hint that some, He hinted that a speech happened. I, I couldn't tell 100% who made it. That's a really great follow-up question for somebody to ask. Who yeah. made the halftime speech? Because that, to me, if it is MAR that he makes the halftime speech and he yanks TT and he puts Bender on... Mm-hmm. Um, my only issue there would have been like Franco off and Yozviak on as well. Like yeah. both of those subs that have. Because remember, what have we said about the five substitution MLS? You get two freebies. Mm-hmm. And yeah. those were the two freebies you could have made at halftime. Yeah. One, it was not like one. What was, minute did Yozvi come on again? Yozvi comes on on the 68th minute. That's okay. late. Yeah. That's so that late. Been, yeah. It. It should have been pre-60th, probably, and if it's pre-60th, it might as well be halftime. So I see what you're saying, yeah. There was a couple spots where I felt like Yusufiak was making runs through the middle in a, a little bit of a crowded middle, but I felt like the pass could have come and the pass didn't come, so I don't oh. know. We were when, when you talk about a crowded middle, mm-hmm. that's called narrow, and that's what Charlotte FC is. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, like pathetically narrow. That's why you hate the diamond, right? Yeah, like nobody is on the wings ever. Well, here's another great sub, though. Here's where I thought you don't give credit uh, to MAR for the uh, Bender sub, and you think Yusviak maybe is a negative because it should have been sooner. Well, how do you feel about Affle coming in as a late offensive sub? For Lindsay, I thought that was brilliant. It I was. thought that was the the stroke of like inspiration. Yes. At the very least, you have to give him credit for because Affle is a great veteran. He showed what he can do in the cup, and uh, he is much more like just attacking proficient at this point than Lindsay. You know, Lindsay does so many great things, but he has he can learn from Harrison Affle about how to sort of create goals in a desperate situation. And Affle, I thought that was a brilliant sub to bring Harrison in for sure. I couldn't agree more. And and that happened in the 75th minute. Harrison Affle comes in, Jalen Lindsay's out, and it was 
it was a brilliant genius he, he move. immediately created a chance yes yeah with a cut in exactly you know, yeah. yeah it wasn't the best chance and but, he had yeah. crosses too mm-hmm. and it's not even about the the cross number what it's more so about is the positioning it's like the aggressiveness mm-hmm. instead of just going so far out wide and maybe whipping one into the box it's more of a diagonal run towards the corner of the 18. so that was and, and by and the way ruiz in for franco i also thought was a great decision yeah just like maybe 75 minutes too late there's gonna be moments franco's based good. on form and training whereas ruiz can start in that spot ahead of Franco. franco's good yeah. right so let's just Get that. I mean, he drew you, the penalty. You know, you know, heads up play. He's he's good and he has a place in this. He created team. a goal in my play, in my mind. But he's in the wrong position. I'm not trying to be nasty about him at all, and I'm not trying to act like he's not a good player. He's just like totally in the wrong position because when Ruiz comes in, that's not like for like in my mind. That's like a creative central midfielder for a defensive midfield dog. All right. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't really see Ruiz do much out there. He didn't make a ton of impact last night, even when he came in. But You'd be surprised on your rewatch. You'd be yeah. surprised on your rewatch the way that he handles he, the ball he and did, moves he, he it got, around He won a few pitch. second balls to keep the ball in the offensive third, but really anyone could have done that because Orlando was just sitting back. like They were happy to let us have the ball, and, and they absorbed yeah. all our pressure. You know, we got it. The thing of it is the, the final flurry at the end that I wanted to mention was just like we had a lot of – Balls into the box in the end. A lot of we go. We, oh. Fuchs was getting wide. You're, you complain about the lack of width, but Fuchs was. Oh, getting you know wide. why he's getting wide? Yeah, because he can. Because he, when the ball's out of bounds, he can throw it 35 right. yards. Right. He almost had an assist off a throw-in. He threw it onto Carroll's head. I just need to. I need to call that out right now. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. The first thing I said this morning. I actually uh, sent a note to a uh, friend of the pod. He, if he, if that, if that had had a little more purchase on it which was kind of the theme of all those late header chances that none of them really were strong enough, that might have been the best one was the Fuchs throw into Swiderski. That would have been just a moment of uh, sheer brilliance. And, again, I, you know, I, would have, I would have considered pitch invading like I did in Greenville. But <laughs> I, I said to a friend of a pod, the pod this morning, I, I said I can think of one impressive thing from the match, and it was Fuchs's long throws. Brilliant. His, yeah. his long throws were unbelievable. Yeah. I, and I, thought, and I thought to myself, you know what? In, like when he first did it, I said, "Okay, Charlotte FC's tactic for the rest of the match should be try to get win the ball out of bounds there, because right. it's just like having a corner." Yeah, it was insane. I didn't know he had that ability. And then you know, the uh, she tipped me off on an incident at Leicester City with Alexis Sanchez, actually, where Fuchs just launched the ball straight into his face. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty famous. Incident. You remember that? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I've, I've kind of blocked it out of my mind since Fuchs uh, came to Charlotte. And, uh, you know, as an Arsenal fan, what uh, happened on that play? I he probably, did. Is that what he did? He launched into his yeah, face. Yeah, just like uh, Alexis was kind of being, you know, a little natty little guy that he is. Uh, yeah. And uh, getting up in the grill to throw it in Fuchs, I think, not really intentionally, but just kind of looking to move quickly, kind of like threw it at him. You know, you can look up yeah. the video on YouTube. It's it's, yeah. it's available. Those long throws, though. You were, be the judge. were really not necessarily aggressive because it's what Charlotte had to, FC had to do, but they were practical. Like, it made sense to do that, and I respect it. And it's just yet another aspect of our captain stepping up. Fuchs's impact that he's already made, if I think back to, like, where I thought we would be, like, three months before the season when I thought this guy was just going to be, like, some veteran presence that was, like, helping a young team get by and now to see like you know he's the captain and just like making the impact on every game he's the how you know the goal helped obviously but he was the highest rated sofa score player for the team again even without the goal i think that would have been the case uh he was the only one over seven so at all so that you know probably yeah, was the case he had a great match and uh you said if you single, uh, if you he, single, he made a captain's decision to take the ball from carol swiderski you know which is a, a tough call to, to put your striker to the side like that but when the penalty was drawn and Carroll had the ball I looked around I was like alright I was with a bunch of friends I was like hey guys here comes the big uh, Polish striker like alright alright and then I looked back at the field and there was Fuchs grabbing the ball away and saying no I got it this time actually and it's a captain's call it's a captain's move and there's there can be no question about it and then he calmly just put it away made Galese you know decide the wrong way and rolled it into the net calm, you know, calm as you like it was a classy finish. I've told you that in the past. Like whenever you, it's when McCoon did it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the first yeah. ever goal for Charlotte FC in the Charleston Challenge Cup. Yeah. 
you know? forget I was there. I want to give credit to MAR for one more thing. I'm not trying to be a dick at the beginning of this segment, being like, hey, you don't get any credit because, yeah, Bender was an obvious sub. But Affle coming in, amazing. Mackenzie Gaines coming in, amazing. Mackenzie had a really nice play. You, you can see right when he comes right, on, there's an impact. He had, and he had, I think he had two or three crosses himself in like five minutes. I mean, he 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 was an ideal last five minutes sub in that situation. You know, yep. I would have loved to see him for 15, but I, he offers you something different, and it's what um, friend of the pod Matt Geslin says. He says he offers you the ability to spread the field. He came lengthen the field. He was oh so close to a moment where it was a two v one, and Carroll was coming behind him. He almost had a chance to like cross to Carroll for a shot, and it did. The play didn't quite come off, but it's just like like it was just funny thinking about you know back to the Colorado match. He cross. He did cross it. It just didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just just as one more thing, you know, basically as this so as the match ends and and no bitching about stoppage time on this episode. There was six minutes of it. Plenty of time. They it was, were, it was oh, nice to see. I was, was happy to see. No, there was a lot of bitching. Oh, really? Every single person in my section in the stadium yeah. was bitching, going six, 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 and I was just, I was just, I was in Zen at that point. I was just like staring in the field, hoping we could get the equalizer. I was loving six. Yeah, six was great. The six minutes of extra time. Um, so just to spin things forward a little bit. Obviously, the team team lost and didn't get the equalizer. And in mentioning McKenzie Gaines coming onto the pitch. In mentioning Ruiz coming on as well, and mentioning Bender coming on as well, I think with these two new signings that are going to come into Charlotte FC over the, in, in the next week, I think that you're going to see a formation change. And I think Danny Rios has played his way out because the goal has never come. And time to bounce the bouncer. It sucks when that happens. Yeah, he 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 had another. Soft little glancing header inside the six-yard box that just didn't have any purchase on it yet again. Danny Rios, I want you to prepare now to play striker against Richmond in the U.S. Open Cut and score a fucking goal. That's the goal. Like, that's what your role is on this squad Carol's going to need rest that game, I feel. Yep. So get yourself ready because you're getting 90 and you might get 120. Because if you get a cramp at 107... I don't care. We're not taking you out, dude. You're playing 120 minutes against Richmond, so be ready for it. Um, but now it's Swiderski, it's Yuzviak, and it's somebody else up top in the top three. I think it's a 4-3-3. Right. What we see, I, I think we see a different formation at home against Miami because Yuzviak's going to start, and he needs to have a position. I think it could be Bender. I think it could be Shinyasiki, depending on how quickly he gets here and what happens in training. Uh, I don't think it'll be Shinyasiki. I think it's more likely to be, to be Bender, but that's in play, I think. We'll, we'll know more later this week than that re- regard. Uh, we will. But then you go Franco, Alcivar, Bronico in a three-man line instead of the diamond. Or you would put someone besides Franco, but... <laughs> no, Ruiz. I, How about Ruiz, yeah. Bronico, Ruiz and Alcivar? Ruiz is in the middle for me. Yeah. And Alcivar is on one of the flanks, left or right, whichever he prefers. Okay. And Bender is behind Yuzviak on the left. So, so Ruiz, Bender, and Alcivar. So you're taking Brawny Bro out? Yes. Okay. And it's just, it's time because the formation is now changing. It's proven that it's having a tough time. And if, if Brawny Bro wants to get back on the field, guess what? Richmond's yeah. coming up. And Ruiz did uh, take... Uh, corner kicks once Ortiz was out and Alcibar was out so that's He's one a well-rounded player. impact bit of that I failed to mention earlier. When we talk about that central midfield position in the 4-3-3 mm-hmm. Ruiz kind of has the skills to do it all. Sure. And then Alcivar and Bender have the skills to fill in the gaps play passes and then the three up front have the ability to create and or dash and by the way I want gains on the, the right. The other thing is though you mentioned Franco potentially playing as a 6 someday Yeah. Ronico could play as an 8 Yeah. He's done it before. Yeah, he yeah. did it for Chicago in MLS yeah. three years ago when he was with the Fire, and who knows? It could happen again. It's a long season, and I think my overall message from today's episode before we get into our final segment, which is Danny Bram's stories from the road. <laughs> so please, stick, if you're a dedicated listener to the show and you've got time, stick around <laughs> um, because that's that's our final segment today. But just to wrap up the, the on-the-field discussion about Charlotte FC... 
what ends up happening with this club and whether it's a 4-3-3, whether it's a diamond midfield with two strikers at the top, we're only 10 games into this. So nothing is cemented into the ground. So you have to be willing to be flexible. And I think the one concern for me today is that we've settled into this formation, we've settled into this starting lineup, and it might be difficult for MAR to change it. I don't he, think so. I, and But Saturday for me is a huge moment to see what type of injection of energy comes into the squad, whether it's a new formation, and if this team can just run shit at home. Because if this team picks up running at home in a new formation with a new player and a new DP, and they win 4-1, to one, then you say to yourself, okay, next phase, phase two, has begun. So that's my main takeaway from the on-the-field shit. But then if things don't change on Saturday, and if and if the, the it's 2-2 or it's a 2-1 loss or it's a 1-0 win and there's still not a lot of creativity, I'm like, bro, don't be stubborn. Like don't man, be stubborn. Can't don't be, be stubborn, <laughs> yeah. You, he, don't, don't be stubborn. You'll hear. You'll learn why uh, in that final segment that John teased. Uh, why don't be stubborn might be the, become the new mantra for sure. It's our B man um, down in Orlando. Shout He's out to Billy the B. He's a source now on the Charlotte Soccer Show, and we're back after this. <laughs> <laughs> Mighty black and blue. Ooh. We are from the Carolinas. The Sangre Negra y Azul. We had the chant going in downtown Orlando, man. We took over the city for good stretches of a time. Uh, what was the trip like, bro? Was it a good time? Two nights in Orlando? Uh, two nights in Orlando, great time uh, in terms of the city itself. Uh, first time I've been in Orlando, like hanging out and didn't go like a Disney trip or something like that with family. But this was the downtown Orlando experience. Uh, I got to walk around a little bit. They have a street called Church Street, street called Orange Street. They're in cool districts. We saw the team hotel, saw the team buses. I stalked the team bus for about 20 minutes. What are you, like top, top in 90s? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, went, I got my top in 90s style going. Uh, as I waited outside the uh, the Grand Bohemian Hotel where the team was staying. Oh, MLS is putting them in a nice spot. Huh? Yeah, yeah, not bad at all. Yeah, I saw geez. I saw like some team workers with a bunch of like gear like parked in front of two big buses. So I figured those were the team buses. So I stood outside like like oh maybe the team will come down. I grab a quick picture or whatever. But it was like four thirty, like three hours before kick, and uh, I realized they weren't going to come out anytime before five. So I bounced out of there. Eventually went down to this bar called. Uh, uh, Buffalo, what was it called? It was called uh, Harry Bills or something like that. Uh, yeah, uh, this was a good meetup. You know, I was meeting up with a bunch of guys. So one thing I do, uh, one of my big hobbies is this game that's kind of like a digital trading card fantasy game where you like own these cards. It's called So Rare, and you play fantasy contests to win more cards or to win you know prizes, you know money prizes. So it's a little bit of your, you know, it's a little bit of a gambling fix, but it's not pure gambling. It's a little bit of a market thing where you can buy and sell the cards to, you know, uh, buy low, sell high, all that stuff. So it's very fun. Uh, this it's was like a, a stock market of soccer. Players. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Stock market fantasy uh, combined. So yeah. Uh, look that up if you ever were interested. But uh, I won't be the, I won't go full evangelist on that game. Although it's a big hobby of mine. Obviously, it drove me. Uh, strongly enough to go down uh, and see an, one more road game. I, I, at the start of our season, I, neither of us planned to go anywhere after Atlanta, but then this this opportunity came up, so I had to go down and uh, meet. It was like an international meetup. We had a guy from Ireland, guy from France, uh, a, a Welsh guy who lives in Tennessee, an English guy who lives out on the West Coast. I have been to Wales, believe it or not. Spent a week. Go. Spent a weekend in Cardiff. I, I know you have a lot of uh, love for that whole area, Ireland, uh, the British Isle. You know, yeah, like yeah, you, yeah, you go anywhere there and have a good time. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's what it's all about. That's what you, you mentioned a Welshman. I'm just saying. I mean, like, mm-hmm. Wales is a place which you wouldn't think about going to as a vacation destination. But if you like culture, you should go to Wales. 
That's a great pitch. <laughs> Maybe go see Gareth Bale play uh, before he comes over I went to MLS. To, I went to Gareth Bale's bar in in Cardiff, really? Wales. It was the first place that I ever, and I'll never, the reason why I brought, bring this up is because it's the first place that I've ever watched soccer in 4K. And it was just like insane. I was like, wait a minute, that's the new version of HDTV? If you haven't seen soccer in 4K, it's mind-blowing. Anyway, I had to bring that up. You, you mentioned Wales. Like, that area of the world is so near and dear to my heart, bro. I love it. And I finally... I can I, see it. I can see it in your eyes. Just like, you know, it's a good tangent to go off on yeah. because, like, I know that that's a really authentic feeling. Yeah. It's the first drink. I've, I've been... I've, I've done Magners, Magners, Guinness, Tully, Tully... <laughs> And then I've, I'm finally back to Charlotte, protagonist here. Yeah. Oh, we Which, should By the way, we yeah. haven't talked about it. Exactly. We kind of uh, chanted our way into this third segment uh, <laughs> off uh, off the cuff, and now we uh, forgot to mention that we did, even though we're at the whiskey bar, we got a couple of pulls off the draft taps. The last couple of pulls. Yeah. Protagonist Pilsner to uh, cap off the evening here as we get into our third, episode, our third segment. Uh, and I want the audience to ponder one thing as you take a nice... Oh, nice four or five gulps of that protagonist, Ooh. Pilsner, which uh, Pilsner can go down easy on a Sunday evening. The, tr- the true test of a good beer, and the police, they know it. <laughs> Hot take incoming. Exactly. The true test of a good beer is, is that when it is flat and when it's warm. <laughs> if it still tastes good, that's a good beer. Warm taking coming, I guess. Yeah, it's a good beer. Uh, yeah, well, it looks like the, the cops are driving away, so they're not so, they're not going to come after. So who for else that was one, down though. there? You have the Welshman, so, yeah, you have so, the Frenchman. Exactly. Well, do, do you have do you have a German there? Uh, no, uh, but I do know a German who plays this game. Uh, I've got uh, a, a couple people from St. Louis, guy from a couple people from New York, guy from Boston. Oh, all domestic. From Re- that. Yeah, this guy. Yes. Yeah, a big Revs fan. So you know, we I told him that Carlos Heel is soft. Uh, that we yeah. know went over pretty well. We know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> sorry, buddy. So, we figured uh, it out. Yeah, sorry, Phantoms. <laughs> but uh, no, it was a great time, and you know, like you have like it's like a. A lot. One person that was coming was someone who had met in person before, but other than that, it was like twelve people who had never met before. So we had a really good time, though. One of the the guy who came over from Ireland does like video content for this game. He's like a he's sort of an influencer in the world of this game, and a couple, oh, really? a couple of the other people are too. Oh, uh, work for the company? No, no, they're more independent. They're they love the game so much, and they do like YouTube content and Twitch content and uh, all you know all. Uh, you know, I'd be interested to see their. I'd be interested like to yeah. see their Twitch content. But these guys, this was one of the cool things is just that there were people that were not officially part of this meetup, but they're locals that live in Orlando, and they recognized like some of the guys I was with. Of course, and they're like they came up like, oh my gosh, you're so and so. Like I listen to your podcast. So for rare, so famous. Re- yeah, they're so rare, famous, and so it was great. It was it was really that made for a lot of uh, fun situations, and it, it was really cool to like meet friends that you have a bunch in common with uh, that you you know never really knew it's like I have to, like I have a bunch of new friends after this weekend so great times there uh, the one thing that was a little negative of that whole situation was that Orlando City bought the bought them all off and hooked them all up with free gear so they all started rocking oh really Orlando like the, the, the club did the PR yeah, team the, did yeah the club yeah the club hooked the guys up through the game and whatnot uh, oh. shout out to Dan from so rare on that one uh, for uh, getting everyone a, a scarf and a kit, you know, oh, yeah. and so they could get it customized so you, with a name. So if they your wanted. your bravado on last episode just like never really <laughs> materialized. Yeah. Well, no, because I got I, I got some people to at least uh, respect and appreciate Charlotte. Everyone was like saying great things about the, uh, our performance in terms of fight back in the second half. Oh, great! We got but participation trophies. We yeah. did get participation trophies exactly. But I'll have you know that I gave my kid away uh, to one to one of the local guys, one of the guys who lives in Orlando. Oh, really? Yeah. Shout and, out and that's to why Mike. you have this new. You have the minted. Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah. I just also this week uh, breaking news finally ironed my uh, a memorial patch from uh, the first match. Uh, onto my uh, my first home kit that I bought, so uh, I need to do that. Too. I don't have yeah, just it's, I don't know why it took me so long to a month and a half. This is I probably gonna yeah. piss you off, but I'm I'm gonna iron my Min City Collective patch on the mine. <laughs> do it, yeah, yeah. No, that won't piss me off at <laughs> okay. all. I, I think it's cool. I think uh, 
I'm probably going to get some more. Like, I've been getting scarfs. I've been collecting more new scarfs and stuff like oh, that. Oh, dude. So, like, yeah. Uh, a like gift I'm, I'm of the get, pot. I'm going to get more kits and stuff like that. So, yeah. so, here's the deal. Danny Rams, he shows up today, and he's got a he's got a fresh scarf for me. It's a commemorative scarf. The first ever inaugural home match for Charlotte FC. Charlotte versus LA Galaxy. I said to him, I was like, no, great, dude. Now I can remember that. Top shelf Galazzo for the rest of my life. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. The, uh, you know, quick plug for the team store. I got to give a quick plug to Bob at the team store. This is a good story too because I was getting some gear last week to bring down to my new Charlotte, my new uh, my so rare friends that I was trying to get them some Charlotte gear to bribe them to be Charlotte fans. But Orlando outdid me unfortunately by far. But so I did get a few things and bring them down there with me. And I saw that the first match memorial scarfs, you know, the, the commemorative with the, you know, LA Galaxy March 5th and whatnot. Yeah, the, the one and that you gave me today. That yeah, I'm so I got one. I picked one up for you. Yeah, because they were on clearance. Yeah. They're, they're almost out at the team store. And uh, uh, you want to have that. We were way too, we were partying way too hard and the lines yeah, were way dude. too long on the actual day when we were there at the match. But yeah. I always wanted to make sure that we both had the oh, scarf. Me? Uh, so I had to get you yeah, one for I, sure. I appreciate yeah. it. I'm rocking it now, dude. And, uh, uh, but shout out to Bob because he said if you're a season ticket holder you get uh, 10% discounts on Fridays and I went in and bought like a significant amount of gear you know like for what it's worth and and I was like bro I'm leaving town on Friday like give me I, the deal yeah I need the deal today and he's like uh, okay I need it you know yeah so uh worked out on a way I got the Friday deal on a Wednesday and uh that worked out nicely so Anyway, uh, quick just I, I know we're running along here and I don't want to go too long but I just want to say that Orlando fans uh, I, I met a couple cool ones. Shout out to El Taco. He was a really cool guy that we uh, met and hung out with. Post the best nickname of all yeah, time. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was easily the coolest Orlando fan. He took us, uh, showed us a good time on Orange Street after the match. So I have zero beef with him. Shout out to you know Mike, the so rare guy that we were hanging out with, who's a big supporter, and Martin also as well. But uh, they were great, terrific hosts. Their city was awesome. But now to get to the flip side of that coin, when we were planning this, I said, I'm going to start with the negative and end on the positive. But now I think I'm actually going to flip flop that because I was uh, got a few uh, thing bones to pick here okay. as we uh, accelerate to the finish. Look, they chanted a lot of bullshit at us. They were chanting at the end of the match their supporter section, which had one of the worst TIFOs that I've ever seen in my life of 30 years of soccer fan, if not the worst. Uh, if you haven't seen a picture of that, uh, you can probably find it on social media. I think our guy Pancake uh, was the first was another, the person that I saw another that retweeted great it. Nickname, yeah, by the way. one of the great Charlotte Ta FC fans. El Taco and Pancake. Yeah, yeah Pancake. Yeah, exactly. So uh, Pancake Poppy is one of our uh, great Charlotte soccer fans. Uh, but this Tifa was horrible. It said, "You're only here because Vegas wasn't ready," and it was like a it was like a really poorly made like little "Welcome to Vegas" sign with like a cowgirl on it. It was horrible. It was tiny. And the thing of it is, they, they did not have a supporters' march. They abandoned their supporters' march. This is what I heard when I was down there because of the TIFO. They're like, oh, well, we did a TIFO this week, and we don't usually do that, so there's no supporters' march because the, they got to set up the TIFO. And it's like, the TIFO was late. It wasn't fully up. We were at, like, it didn't get fully up to, like, one, oh, uh, you know, the first minute in. Like, they didn't have it ready for kickoff all the way extended pre-kick they and you know they didn't have a march because of this horrible yeah, they, they clearly were trying to like be as good as our supporter section yeah right they, they, trying, they, yeah. they, they like, tried so they congratulations you know they have two really big supporters group the iron lion firm and uh one ruckus that you know have big signs there and a few other smaller ones but like those guys created a good atmosphere the stadium was kind of empty outside the supporter section hopefully that's not a fate that befalls us in five years i don't want to tempt karma all the time by talking too much trash and those because it could happen to anybody, but they, you know, I was a little disappointed with that facet of the attendance. Could have been a little more packed in there, but that, there was fireworks. It was cool. But here's the, the problem. The other th big thing I want to get into is they made a huge villain for out of Guzman Carujo, our boy. Carujo, he had a hard yellow card tackle near midfield at one point, about the midway through the first half. And ever, after that, they just, like, railed on him and treated him like trash and, like, he got into it. I missed exactly how it happened. I saw the end of this incident, not the beginning, but he got into it with, like, a fan at halftime. Mm -hmm. He was, like, really late getting into the halftime tunnel because he was, like, yelling at fans in the supporters section. He's fiery. Yeah, he's yeah, and he already had a yellow card. So There's like, a reason why he there. plays 90 <laughs> yeah. minutes every match. Yeah. He's one of the best players on our squad. So then second half comes, and legitimately, every, I don't know if this is 
a good thing or if this is credit to them or if it just was pissing me off more. But literally every time he touched the ball, it was massive booze around the stadium, you know, as, as massive as they could, uh, you know, manage to get them. Anytime he touched the ball, and they kept booing stuff, you know. They, anytime he had the ball at his feet, it was like, and I was, you know, they they hated him. They tr- they tried to turn him into this villain of the match, you know, and like, uh, but anytime he got a tackle, I would just turn to people around me. I would like boo that, you know, like, like he was making some pretty nice like ball well, winning by the ball, like boo that, you know. But uh, I've got when they were chanting like at the end of the very match, they when they were chanting "fuck you, Charlotte," that I thought was classless. I you know I have no problem with cursing, but you know I didn't really like. The, the uh, target of it. The last point that I want you to make on the show is something that I teased. And we talked about having inside sources on the show. And I will leave right. you to decide and debate whether this source is legitimate or not. So, uh, end of the night. So, the match. It is what it is. When the match was over, a lot of people were saying, condolences, man, condolences, condolences. And I just said, hey, I got to watch my team play a great match. I wish we would have won it. Whatever. Let's go party. Let's have a good time. So I was with a bunch of new friends. So we hit the streets. You know, had a good time. I, I certainly wasn't trying to be down. I was out having yeah. a great old time. And end of the night, you know, we, we went pretty hard. It was This is post 2 a.m. This is, you know, post last call. But I've got double fist drink in my hand somehow because, you know, we... You're lingering. Yeah, we're lingering, exactly. And around the corner comes a guy who sees my Charlotte FC kit, and he just starts talking to me about the team. And I find out I'm talking to someone who knows. I'm talking to a guy that is out there in the streets, you know, talking to people, knows players, knows agents, uh, travels back and forth across the Atlantic, uh, supporting Brentford. Uh, guy, He goes by the, the moniker of Billy the Bee. And I uh, had a really great conversation with Billy the Bee. You know, it was just really great talking about the team and some of the stuff he's heard from some, can, some can sources. I, can I interrupt you real quickly? Because anyone who's listening may be like, oh, you're talking to somebody at the bar at 3.30 in the morning. <laughs> but I think sometimes this gets lost in translation on the show. And it's that I work for The Athletic and Danny Brams works for ESPN. We know how this business works. And at the NFL Combine, you know when the most important conversations happen? At 3 a.m. in the morning. In corner bars. And this guy, you know, he, he crept up on me. Like, I, he just kind of, like, crept around the corner seeing my kit and, like, started talking to me. And it turned into this really interesting conversation. And uh, he's he said he's flying back across the Atlantic for the Brentford Man United match next week. But uh, he, he said he goes back and forth and he'll be at a future Charlotte match again very soon. And uh, hopefully Might we be can a- connect with him at a... At, outside BOA and might be uh, a guest on the pod yeah someone to talk to yeah exactly I think we might have to do a, yeah. do a one on one I, I want a one on one I'm going to Scottsdale Arizona on Tuesday <laughs> okay. until Friday night okay. so we well, I might, probably won't be able to do a pod unless it's on Zoom this okay. week so TBD. but if I'm unavailable Billy the Bee might be a good first one on one guest maybe I'll talk to him you know I'm if he's got PL connections, he probably knows a thing or two about Beckham and Inner Miami, right? Yep. So he might be someone worth getting some preview. Or about from some potential. Billy, if you're out there, I'm going to be hitting you up. Or about some potential issues within the Charlotte locker room. Yeah, yeah. I don't want. Yeah, exactly. What some of the stuff we got into, I'll leave to him if he does come on to bring up. But I will say that the word stubborn just kept coming up in the conversation. That's why I referenced it earlier. And uh, you know, there's some some question of. Uh, what will happen with the formation? Uh, will the stubbornness win out that you are also feeling? Whether you're an insider like Billy the Beer or, or, or just two <laughs> schmoes like us, we all feel it. Yes, we do. Uh, you know, it, whether it's palpable. You're on, on Reddit, you're on Twitter, you're on Facebook, doesn't matter. Anyone, uh, whether you're at the corner bar or whether you're just listening to the Charlotte Soccer Show, you know, the, the feeling about what's going to happen with this formation. Will it be something new? Will it be something... Uh, that takes better advantage of this personnel that we're kind of reshaping things, or is it the stubborn? It's the Charlotte Soccer Show. I'm John Hayes. He's he's Danny Brams. And if, if you've made it this far into the pod, uh, we appreciate you. And uh, leave us a review. Tell us what you like about the show. Leave us a five-star review as well. And follow the show on Apple Podcasts. Look in the upper right corner, hit the three dots, and hit follow. That'll get you the auto-downloads that kind of like takes care of it all for you and that actually is the most 
important way to sort of like any help any metrics of the show at this point I think you can follow him on Twitter as well at Danny Brams make sure you do that it would be a mistake if you didn't you can follow me on Twitter as well at John Hayes on air and until later this week it's the Charlotte Soccer Show for the crown baby (laughs) I wanted it man I wanted it that's perfect hell yeah